Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Drew Shelley. If I haven't met you yet, I, I look forward to meeting you before the end of uh, the morning here. I'm one of the pastors here at First United Methodist Church and glad to be with you on this fourth Sunday of our Advent season as we make our way towards the great celebration, the great party of Easter. Let's pray together before we hear from Luke chapter 15. Oh God, we give you thanks for your presence with us. We thank you for your good news that opens your celebration to the whole world. We ask that you would send now your Holy Spirit that we may hear with great gladness what you say to us today through these ancient words, your words to us from so long ago. Help us to hear, help us to listen, help us to do. In the name of Jesus we pray. May the people of God say, Amen. Our gospel lesson is from Luke chapter 15. We'll do the first uh, three verses or part of the first three verses and then skip down to the uh, verses 11 through 32 for the rest of the story. Let's hear the word of God. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons, verse 11. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am, dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father, but while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. 
Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate Now, his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on, and he replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen. For all these years, I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice Because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life, he was lost and has been found. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Now, we've just heard Jesus tell the story of the prodigal son and his brother. We know this story so very well. I went back and looked in my files, and I discovered, much to my shock, I have preached on this passage 10 times in the last five years, more than on anything else in the Scriptures. But I wonder, do I really know this story? Do you really know this story? Jesus is teaching with tax collectors and sinners. The religious people show up, and they start grumbling right away about, oh, this man welcomes sinners, and he even eats with them. Can you imagine he even eats with sinners? Jesus then tells three stories of what was lost and is now found. He starts off, we skip these, but you know him. He starts off with the lost sheep. There is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Then he tells about the lost coin. This woman turns her house upside down, drops everything to find that one coin which she lost. Oh, I tell you, Jesus says, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Everybody loves what Jesus is saying. Even the religious people who have come to grumble, they love what Jesus is saying too. Oh, Jesus, go get that one. The rest of us 99 will be just fine. Go get him. Help him repent. Oh, that coin, Jesus. Oh, my goodness, so valuable. Sweep that floor, Jesus. Sweep that floor. Find that precious soul. Help him repent. Joy in the presence of the angels. Teacher says every time a bell rings, it's an angel throwing a party. Everybody loves this neat and clean responsible repentance, the lost being found in an acceptable manner. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Oh, Jesus, tell another story like that one. Tell another story, please. Jesus does, but this third story is different. Jesus says, 
Let me tell you what this actually looks like when it happens. If you're listening, Jesus says, Oh, I see that you are happy to rejoice as long as their repentance doesn't cost you anything. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when their repentance costs you dearly? That brings on more talk, doesn't it? A lot more talk. Jesus tells a story. Here's a boy. He says to his father, I wish you were dead. That's what he says. I wish you were dead. Go ahead and give me what is mine. Unbelievably, daddy does it. The boy needed a whipping. What he got was $3 million out of the $10 million family estate. That's what he got, a third of what was theirs together. The boy blows it all in short order. He winds up slopping hogs on the north side of Trash Mountain out here. Okay, that's where he is, slopping hogs. He gets so hungry that he wants to eat what the hogs are eating. The crowd around Jesus, why, they get it. They, they, they are with Jesus as he tells this story. It serves him right. How dare this boy do this to his family? He's brought shame. He's cost them a fortune. He's written them off. What should they do but also write him off? Older brother is already working twice as hard, having to answer a thousand questions a day about what happened and has your daddy lost his mind? That's what he's having to deal with every day. The crowd gets it. Jesus continues, little brother has a moment of clarity. I don't dare try and get back in my family. I've done too much damage. But maybe if I confess and come back with humility, maybe, just maybe, Daddy will let me be like a hired hand. If they'll just feed me, I'll be a slave there forever. Now, crowd, what do we think about that? What do we think about this plan so far? At least the boy's got his head back on right right? That's good. That's a good thing. Humility, confession, a little groveling and begging, that's all good. He's at least earned the right for a hearing, hasn't he? He's at least earned that. We'll get him some food and water and see how this thing plays out. Older brother can sit on the little throne beside daddy's big throne, and together they can help develop a long-term plan, benchmarks, goals, tests to measure the sincerity of his repentance. Who knows, after a few years, he might get promoted from slave to servant, even to hired hand. Can y'all get on board with that? Can we get on board with that plan? Yeah, that makes good sense. We can do that. I can get on board with that as long as we don't skip any steps or move too quickly. It's for his own good, after all. It's for his own good. Is that what happened in Jesus' story? No, that's not what happened. Daddy is still glancing down the road every few minutes, hoping beyond hope that that boy will turn up. And on the day that he does, when his daddy sees him, he is filled with compassion. He drops everything and runs far off to get to him. Shameful behavior for a distinguished man of means like this. He gets to his boy. He puts his arms around him and smothers him with kisses in spite of the smell of hogs and sins, which still clung so closely to his body the boy starts his confession. He gets about halfway through when daddy is yelling, bring a robe, the best one. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Get some shoes for his feet and get the fatted calf. Let's get this party started. This son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Now, the crowd listening to Jesus is confused. 
Jesus. This is not exactly what we had in mind. Where is the accountability? Where is the test for repentance? Where is the plan of action for rehabilitation? Where is the responsible repentance, the earned grace, the neat, clean ending? Jesus, this is not what we had in mind at all. I think Jesus would say, yes, I know. You missed it the first two times. That's why I had to tell a third story. I realize this is not exactly what you had in mind, but this is, in fact, exactly how God works with each and every human being. That's why I asked the question, what are you going to do when their repentance costs you dearly? Discomfort, time, money, shame, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Older brother heard the commotion he had just come in from a long day doing both his and his brother's work. They tell him what's going on, and he gets so mad, so angry. We understand that anger. Daddy comes out, what's the matter, son? Didn't you hear your little brother is home? No, sir. I did not hear, and I really don't care. All these years, I've been working like a slave for you, I have never disobeyed you, and yet you haven't given me so much as a scrawny old goat so I can have a barbecue with my friends. Now, this boy comes crawling back in here, guilty, sinful, bringing shame with him and the sexual sin he has done. Oh, my goodness, we don't even know who's going to be showing up 18 years from now with a handout and a paternity test. We just don't know what's going to happen. And you killed the fatted calf that was for my wedding. You, without thinking or even asking the first question, Daddy, you restored him to this family. How dare you do that? He's cost us a third of everything we've got. He might as well just take it all right now. Oh, didn't you even think about the reputation of this family, the holiness of your position as father? Didn't you think about that? You have brought shame on us all with your lavish welcome of this fool who still smells of hogs and prostitutes. We cannot wash that off. If you had just waited, if you had just waited for me to get home, we could have all avoided this nonsense. We could have put some conditions on his repentance, tested a few of his lies, and investigated him thoroughly. We could have at least asked who he voted for in the last election and checked him for a vaccine and maybe some STDs too. We could have checked all of that. But no, no, Abba Father, you just let him in. Worse than that, you ran down the road to get him the whole world saw you do that. Now they're going to come in here and ask me why and want to know how I could have let it happen. Jesus says, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when their repentance costs you dearly? Daddy says, oh, son. We had to celebrate and rejoice. Your brother, my other beloved child, your brother was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. What are you going to do when their repentance costs you dearly? Are you going to join the celebration not counting the cost because your brother, your sister is finally coming to life and you get to be part of it? Or... 
Are you going to walk away from the reckless, lavish grace of your father because it messes too much with your sense of self-righteousness and because you really don't trust God to work all things together for good for those who love him? As hard as this choice is, and it is hard, there is only one right answer. It just happens to cost a lot more self-awareness and humility than most of us is willing to pay. Younger brothers, wherever you are, younger brothers, come home. Please, please come home. We will pay whatever it costs. We are not ashamed of you. Come home. We'd love to walk the better way with you. Older brothers, my people, older brothers, get over yourselves. This is about Jesus unleashing the grace of God on the whole world, not just on those of whom you approve. A word to the fearful and anxious who are choking the life out of life. You can be just as lost in your goodness as little brother was in his badness. But we are not ashamed of you either. Come home. Come home. Now, once we all get to the celebration, we can start the real work, becoming like our Father, the one who is love, which expects nothing in return, the one who is holiness, best expressed in a shower of kisses and the joyful embrace of a broken sinner. Let's grow up into that and leave our petty adolescent fights behind. We might just find what we've all been looking for, the real Jesus, the one who died for our sins, the one who was raised from the dead to give us life, the one who is, even now, saving us all from ourselves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.